we talk often about processes and plans. We talk about making a list and operating with intention. Great sellers, they have specific goals. And great leaders, well, they build specific plans. Even great grocery shoppers know what's for dinner. So why is it when we get a new leader, we don't have a specific plan to build that relationship? You will get a new boss by choice or by circumstance. Today, we talk about how to onboard your new leader. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KL Podcast. As always, we are thrilled to have you back with us today. And we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Well, I don't know if it's near and dear to our hearts, but it's definitely close to us. It's real life. <laughs> it's, we're living exactly. it. <laughs> uh, it. Odds are, if you're a professional person, you've had a boss. And if you haven't had a boss, you're your own entrepreneur, then your customer is your boss. But whatever. Well, I'm not even going to worry about that. Everybody's had a new boss. Right. You know, whether you've interviewed for this person or whether, you know, somebody's just come in and taken over and they're your boss now, you've always had, everybody's got a new boss one way or another. The question is, how do you deal with this new boss? Now, Tim, I know that you've been in this professional work game for about 78, 79 years. <laughs> how many, how many new bosses do you think you've had in your lifetime? I didn't know you're going to ask that, Henry. You got to break but, the abacus out. It's okay. Well, I actually started adding them up last night, and it's it's over twenty. Really? Yeah. I thought it would have been over right. fifty. I don't even know. I can't. I I, I, I thought about either. this last night too. I can't even imagine. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even think of that, but off the top of my head, I would. I feel like it's more than twenty. You know, I want to say thirty plus. Yeah, I don't even know. It seems like dozens. Yeah, do you think yeah. in all those new bosses that we've all had, do you think that we've got a good system in place for how to deal with a new boss? Have you ever have you ever thought about it? Like, like kind of organize your thoughts on what you do when you have a new leader? Uh, yeah, I organized my thoughts uh, last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, usually, it's usually a completely reactionary conversation uh -huh. first reaction to a new boss you're like so oh I, shit a new i'll boss. be ready next time <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously i mean this is one of these things that we you've been a new boss to somebody before right right and yeah. when you were the new boss did you have a plan on how you were gonna sort of introduce yourself to the team and how you were going to integrate with the team you had a plan for that right yeah. And honestly, so the things that I thought through when I was getting ready for this conversation, I was like, you know, how, how do you act? What do you do? What's your plan when you have a new boss? It's the things that I do. I just never thought to like document them, you know? So I guess that's, that makes this a good conversation today yeah. because I've, I've never really put together a plan or, you know, a list of tips or anything like that. But they are things that I do. They are things that I think are important. Um, but it's interesting you talk about us being the new boss. I have a lot more documented plan for that than yeah. I do, you know, for having a new boss. Because I feel like I'm a little more in control of that, honestly, somehow. Well, as leaders, I think that we probably think about, <laughs> you know, how do we onboard a new team? How do we staff a team? How do we yeah. bring these people together for culture? But we probably forget about, 
the fact that we are also on a team, or at least we report to somebody somewhere along the way. Yeah. And, and so what we're going to talk about today is um, how to uh, how to gracefully, professionally accept a new boss. Like, how do you how do you do that? Sort of like how do you transition? Onboarding. How do you transition? That's it. How do you transition to a new boss? That's the word you're looking for, Henry. Transition. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Before we do that, can we talk about the um, the way in which one might get a new boss? Because there's a couple different paths to having a new boss. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Josh, what are some of the ways in which we end up with a new boss? Uh, I mean, how can it, how do you count the ways, right? How about I mean, from your experience? Ideally, ideally, it's a position that you've interviewed for and you've done some proper vetting and you know you want to work for that individual and for that organization and do that job function. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's pie in the sky, right? So there's that. But then there's your boss moves on, right? Your leader moves on to another role, to another company, whatever it may be, and someone else is hired or backfilled in their position. And you, you may know something about that individual and you may know absolutely nothing about that individual, right? So there's, there's two scenarios there or just, you know, reorganization of the company, reorganization yep. Of, yep. of what's happening. And now, you know, a lot of people have new bosses at that point. And so it's, it's just so wide and varied on, on how that can happen, you know, and really feels like only one of them is, is truly, you know, one that you're prepared for, right? And if that's something that you've, you're pursuing, right? It's a role you're going after and you've done the proper vetting. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I thought through this and in the last, I think it's fair to say in the last 12 months, the three of us have had a collective five new bosses. Yep. So Henry's had two, Josh has had two. And as usual, I'm the laggard and I just have had one. So, but I think I'm right here. Of those five new bosses, two of them we have chosen to go work for, and the other three just circumstances happen. Yeah, they got subbed in. Yeah, Yeah, they got subbed in, or we moved to a new team, or some kind of reorg. So, you know, there you go. 40% was our choice. 60% was in the hands of fate. Let's get into some of the things that you should probably be thinking about whenever you either interview for uh, employment under somebody or when a new person moves into that leadership position. Well, let's just let's just get past the interview. I don't even want to talk about the interview. Well, I'm not talking about the interview. I'm just saying like when you choose to work for somebody or when somebody just appears as your new boss one day out of nowhere, how do you have a new boss? You don't have to dissect why it happened. You have a new boss. (laughs) What's important? Let me simplify. How do you how do you transition into it? Okay, what's the very first thing you should do? In no particular order, but this is the first thing. Yeah, well, it is in particular order, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say that the most important thing up front is making a good first impression. What's funny about that is that's life in general, right? When there's new people that are coming into your life, you want to make a good first impression, and I think we we lose sight of that sometimes, especially when transitioning to a new boss. Yeah, the tough part can be this. If you've if you've been with the same boss for a while, you've built up some credibility, you have a brand, and then all of a sudden, light switch, you're back to zero. Yeah. You got no credibility, you got no trust, you maybe you've got a brand. Now, you know, on the other side of the coin, that's me talking because I put a lot of work into building trust and credibility and a strong brand on the other side of the coin. 
you know, if you've completely screwed up the relationship with your previous boss, this <laughs> may be a welcome restart for you. You can rebrand yourself. Uh, but but it is tough if you have a strong brand with your previous boss and then all of a sudden you're just trying to rebuild. How do you make a good first impression? Well, I, I mean, above and beyond. I mean, you have to be diligent. You had to have your T's crossed, your I's dotted. I mean, I am an over communicator in those situations. And, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I just try to be as tight as possible. I mean, that is in all things. You know, I would say too, it's, it's about perspective as well. You know, when you go in into that situation, it's easy to focus on yourself and the impact that it's having to you and you're looking through your own lenses. But step into that leader's shoes, right? Step into their position and, and look at it from their perspective, right? And what do you think it is that they would want to see? Or as they're new to the team as well, I'm assuming, right? And so what would be helpful for them? Because you know how that team operates, you know how it functions. And so I think that's just, that's an easy way to make a, you know, part of a good first impression is put yourself in their shoes and, and look through their eyes. Yeah, it's really good, Josh. Have either one of you ever made a bad first impression with the boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> now, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, can you, are you able to share the story? I'll, I'll call one out and because I think most people don't think of it, you know, making a bad impression this way. You know, I think you either, they think about you blowing up the barn or you really just, you know, mess things up at first, but some of the, the, or one of the ways that I've made a bad first impression is just through passiveness, right? Because I didn't know that individual and I wasn't proactive in getting to know them better. And I flew under the radar and, you know, I'm not going to say they had a bad impression of me, but they didn't have a good impression of me because they didn't really know who I was. And, and, you know, everything was just kind of left to their assumptions at that point. Yeah. And, that, and they got called out to me, right? It's like, hey, I don't really know much about you. You haven't really said much. You haven't stepped up much. And uh, so anyhow, that, that's one that I really regretted because it's not, it's not who I am. And so, you know, even just in passiveness like that and not really putting your, yourself, your, your best foot forward in that first impression or in building that relationship, I mean, that's equally as bad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that... Josh, I mean, that, that sucks. Uh, my bad first impression was I just joined a brand new team. I mean, I was like maybe three days in and I'm driving home from work and I get a call from a number I don't know. Um, and this is flip phone day. So I flip my phone open and I answer it. And it's, it's one of the guys on my team who's, you know, putting on, uh, you know, he's doing a little dog and pony show trying to pretend like he's our boss and asking me all these crazy, complicated questions. And I knew this guy, he was pretty funny. And this is the kind of thing he would do. And so I'm just being a real smart ass in response and going on and on and on until he says something. And I realized it actually was my boss. It wasn't. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled the car off the road. I was in a sweat. I'm, I'm getting, I'm breaking into a sweat. Just thinking about it. My face was bright red. And I am like rapidly trying to search for like how I undo all of the crazy stuff I had just said on this phone call. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. So I hung up. I went home. I didn't sleep all night. I got back into the office next day and I came in. I said, I thought I, I pulled him, I pulled him aside right away. And I said, 
I thought you were somebody else and you were just giving me a hard way to go. I am so sorry for the way I spoke to you on the phone. That's not indicative of the way that I would speak to somebody, especially a leader. I really apologize. <laughs> and luckily, I mean, this guy, he didn't laugh. He, he didn't have a sense of humor. He just said, yeah, I thought it was a little odd that you had the nerve to speak to me that way. I said, yep, it is odd. And I apologize. Oh, our relationship was fine, but I, I, yeah. the moment I was able to get off of that team, I got off of that team. That is cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I, I never let that happen again. I mean, oh man, that's still good. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what I was thinking about. This happened a long time ago. It's probably about, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter that much, but it was probably about 12 years ago. I joined a team and my boss gave me an assignment like the first week that I was on the team. And anybody who's worked with me knows that even when I get work done, I wait until the deadline to submit it just in case something fresh comes to my mind. You know, I, Henry, Henry is very different. He just like, as soon as he gets an assignment, he does it and he turns it in and it's off his plate. I do it sometimes as soon as I get the assignment, but then I wait just in case I change my mind about it. And so, you know, this is kind of the way I operate. They didn't know that, but that is the way that I operate. And so the day that it was going to be due, the, the evening before that, we had like a traumatic life experience. I mean, I don't mind sharing it. My wife was robbed at gunpoint oh, wow. and I was, you know, at, with the police all night long. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, I totally forgot about this assignment. I missed work the next day. I called in. I didn't give details. I just said, I can't make it in. And so then I get there on, that was on a Friday. I get there on Monday and they're like, uh, you missed the deadline. And then it turned into, oh my gosh, I've, you'll never believe what happened. They didn't know me. I mean, so it sounded like I'm this drama filled human being. Oh, let me, right. I've got a link to the article that shows about the robbery. <laughs> and I just was looking at her face and she was like, this is not going to be fun having this person work for me <laughs> because oh I was just projecting that I was just, you know, missed the deadline because we got robbed at gunpoint. Yeah. What, it's so, it's so I, what I love about that is I felt that same way where like early on something happened that was yeah. way out of character and it paints this picture that I, it, I'm going to be a handful all the time. I know. It's like, know. oh, and then, you know, what are you doing where you're in a position to get robbed at gunpoint? What kind of life <laughs> are you living where that can happen? Yeah. yeah. Of course, knowing Emily a little bit, I mean, she just always seems to find herself in a position where something's she's breaking some bone or something's happening. I mean, I mean, she was she was escorting some international employees around <laughs> town. That is what happened. Uh, wow. Most random thing ever. And but I, I will tell you for like the next month or two months, I felt like I had to be punctual. I had to like overcome that, even yeah, though it was legit. Right. It was this once in a lifetime situation that just happened to happen on the eve of this deadline. But I felt like I had to overcome that just right off the, you know, and if I had turned that in a couple of days ahead of time, you know, no problem. I don't know. 
Well, so let, let me ask you guys this. Have you ever been on the other side of this where you made a great impression early on and, and set an expectation for a leader that you realized that you weren't ever going to be able to live up to every <laughs> single time? You know what I'm talking about? Where somebody's first impression of you is like, what an amazing, they're creative genius. Ah, oh, I'm oh. going to turn to them for everything. And you're like, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, that was like lightning in a bottle. I can't do that. Yeah. Tap the brakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. Unfortunately, I'm more of a, a base hit kind of guy. You know? <laughs> I'm not usually knocking them out of the park that early. Oh, man. I can't recall a time when that's happened, Henry, um, but I will guard against it from now on. I can exactly. tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm bunting just like Josh from oh, now on. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, along those lines where you're trying to make a good first impression, a couple of things to be aware of is don't look like, a, you know, a suck up because then you're going to end up becoming the bane of all of your coworkers' existence. Yeah. Just, it's a fine line to walk there, but I think making a good first impression is the right place to start. Yeah, there's some balance there. I mean, yeah. don't go over the top to the point where your new leader is impressed by you, but all of your coworkers hate you because you're not being authentic <laughs> and you're right. completely being uh -huh. pissed up. Just base it like like Josh over there. Okay. So, I think another thing that we can we have to watch out for is inevitably you're going to start to compare your new leader to your old leader. Yeah. You can't do that. No. It's not fair. No, that's probably the biggest trap in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Because we want to compare. I mean, there's no doubt. And there's going to be a few occasions where you, your previous leader might have been bad and, you know, you welcome the change. But, you know, let's assume for a second that you had a strong relationship with your previous leader. You liked exactly how things were going. You liked your little cadence. And then everything's turned upside down. Inevitably, things are going to be different when you have a new leader and you just need to prepare yourself for that and kind of have an open mind. They're not going to be your previous leader. And you've got to get that in your head right off the bat. You can't be mad at somebody because they're not who you want them to be. You just got to accept them for who they are. That's so important, Henry. It's yeah, a good it, call out. And yeah. you don't want that new leader to compare you to their old staff and say, you're not as good as my old staff would. Maybe you are as good at your current role. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, allow that person to come in and and ask questions and be curious and turn some things upside down a little bit. And if you catch yourself thinking, or I mean, worst case scenario, saying my old leader didn't do it that way, that's a good indicator that you need to step back and just hear this person out, understand where they're coming from, give them a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, truth is too, if if you're doing that comparison and you're just stuck on that you're basing your deliverables off that old leader too. And you're not going to meet the expectations of the new leader because you're not, you're not mentally checking in and taking the time to understand what it is that they, that they want from you. Yeah. yeah. I right. think, I mean, as human beings, I'm not going to say all of us, but many of us just resent change in general. And so it's easy to get caught up in your new leader asks you a question and in your head, you're like, Oh, man, I, why do they want to know that, you know, or, <laughs> you know, why do we do things this way? And in your head, you're like, because the best way to do it. But if you have an open mind about that, I, I can tell you firsthand experience. Many times I've had somebody question me on the way that we operate and I've kind of thought about it. And I've thought to myself, I'm not sure why we do it that way. And then I really start digging into it 
and some positive change can come out of that. You know, and I'll also say that I've had new leaders in the past ask me to do things differently, which none of us want to do most of the time. And then when I end up doing things differently, like they've requested in my head, I'm like, that's actually a better way to do it. But our knee jerk is that we want to resist change. No doubt. And, you know, realizing that up front is probably the most important part because we're not going to feel good about change. It's uncomfortable for a lot of us. Yeah. It's interesting though. I, I agree with you about that, Tim. What's interesting is that I've seen a lot of people when they get new leaders, not a lot of people, I've seen people when they get new leaders, just leave the team or yeah. leave the company even. Yeah. yeah. And, and while people are resistant to change, they are willing to go and turn their entire life upside down to not have to, to not have to accept change that was forced upon them. <laughs> they almost want to seek control over the change yeah. and say, I own this now. Yeah. And yes, it may be an absolute mess over here that I've created for myself, but it's my mess. Yeah. And I mean, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like just be patient and see this thing through because it actually, like, like Tim just said, like Josh said, it could be better. Yeah. I think, I think some people think, well, change is inevitable. And maybe I've been thinking about a change for a while anyway. And so when they're faced with the inevitable change, they're like, well, I'm just really going to change, you know, and then they go to another company. Sometimes it's kind of well thought out, you know, to the point where they're like, well, I was, I was really, the only thing keeping me here was a strong relationship with my previous leader. And now that that's gone, maybe this is the time for me to make a big change. Um, but you're exactly right, Henry. There doesn't need to be any snap judgment where, you know, we give up on something before we've given it a chance. Yeah. Do you, uh, <laughs> when I was looking at myself or, you know, changing bosses in the, in the recent past, I have to self uh, admit to this one, which I think it's kind of funny. I, I used to be a lot more resilient to change. You know, Tim, you were saying most people resist change. I was pretty good at, you know, being agile to those things, but I think as I'm getting older, I don't know if I'm just more grumpy or, or more cynical, but you know, my, in my head, I'm just like, I don't have time for this anymore. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have to, I don't want to do this. I, I know what I'm doing. And it's, it's funny. And I have to check myself because it's just, it, it's not, it's not a healthy place to be for sure. Is it worse when the boss is younger than you, Josh? Probably. I can't, I can't say that for sure because you know, my last two are, are older than I am, but it would be, I can tell you that, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's just been a person, I don't want to say resistance. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's just, man, I do not want to start over again. I do. I agree with you there. I'm not fighting the grumpy old man stereotype, but part of it is experience because if you do have a leader with significantly less experience than you, I think it's easy to default to, I've tried a lot of your fresh new ideas. <laughs> you know, your innovation has been checked. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, th I think, I think that's where we go sometimes. Okay. So you've got this new leader. You've decided to give them a chance. Now you should probably understand who this person is. It might be a good next move to get to know you know, their background, their style, maybe their, their motivation, maybe do a little internet snooping to find out who they are, what they've been doing in the past. But the point yeah. is, you, I think you really want to get to know who this person is, right? Yeah, for sure. 
And there's a bunch of different ways we can do that. I mean, like Henry said, I, you know, I, I think there's tons of value in looking at somebody online, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever they choose to put online, you can learn a lot (laughs) by what somebody's willing to broadcast online and everybody does to some degree. Um, Where I've had the best luck in the past gathering intel about a new leader is talking to the people who have previously worked for them. I mean, I think if we're going through an interview process and we want to work for this person, then that's kind of a check the box exercise. But I don't think all the time when maybe circumstances just dictate that we have a new leader, that we take the time to speak with people who have previously worked with or for that person. But you can learn a lot uh, just by having those conversations about their style, you know, what's important to them, what they value. Um, those, those are the things that you need to be talking to the people who have worked for them in the past about. You know, I'd say as well, you know, know your audience, right? And your new yeah. leader is your audience. And so take the time to get to know them. And if, you, if you're going through a sales pitch, if you're doing a presentation or a training, you're going to take the time to understand who it is that you're speaking to, right? Or what speaks to those, that group of people or that individual. Do the same for your new leader. And, and it's going to go, it goes a long way for sure. And then I would say as well, you know, don't do anything to shoot yourself in the foot, you know, off the starting blocks and, you know, don't do anything crazy, but take time to observe. And, and I think that goes, you know, unspoken a lot, listen and, and watch and understand what moves the needle there and what's impactful and what speaks to that, to that individual. And, and I mean, I, I just don't see that going wrong, right? If you're, if you're taking the time to listen and to observe. Yeah. Some of those, some of those may be a little more difficult if you're in a hybrid environment, hybrid role where you're not, you're not sitting in an office with your new leader. You don't get to see sure. them every day, so y- you will need to, you know, do some more investigation with people they've worked with and people that worked for them, or, or maybe, maybe you just go straight to the source. You know, understanding uh, your new leader's expectations is, I mean. To me, like that's like a huge uh, step forward in understanding how you're going to work together with them, you know, and, and not everybody has the same level of confidence to go out and say, what do you expect from me in this role? Not everyone's going to be comfortable saying that. So you're going to have to find your way of getting that information. But to me, asking those expectation questions, that, that makes it super clear about what I need to do in order to be successful and what their vision is for where we're going to go forward as a team. Yeah, well, I don't think you have to specifically say what are your expectations, but like you say, Henry, there's different ways of phrasing that where you can get the same information. You know, one of the questions that I always ask is, how are you going to define success for the team? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, it gives you a really good metric on, you know, what's important to them. If they, you know, if they start listing off a thousand things, then, you know, they haven't really gotten their strategy together yet because, if everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority. Uh, very smart person told me that one time. <laughs> so, I, you know, but you, if you ask them what their vision is, you ask them how they're going to define success, hopefully they will come back with some specifics around how they're going to measure things. Yeah, for sure. And, and maybe ask them what they value, you know, what matters what matters to them. And it's outside of the, the uh, outside of the realm of metrics. 
you know, you may find out that this new boss really cares about, you know, <laughs> to Tim's example earlier, turning all of your assignments in early before the deadline. <laughs> maybe that's something they really value. Maybe that's they right. say, Maybe what they value is your autonomy. Maybe they say, I don't need you to give me, uh, you know, a bullet point list of all your accomplishments for the week. I need you to just go and do the work. I'll ask you questions if I need more information. And I've absolutely had those bosses that say, send me bullets of every single thing you've done this week so that I can go, I can go through and see what you've accomplished. You know, different people care about different things. So those aren't necessarily metrics, but they are values uh, that your boss will have. Yeah. And I think your boss, I mean, I think most bosses appreciate it. If you just say, look, you tell me what you want and I will deliver it. Yeah. I need you to clearly communicate to me what it is that you want and I will deliver it. And I think most leaders can get on board with that statement. You know, I don't think that's too forward. And along the lines of communication, I think that's another thing to be hammered out up front is how your leader prefers to communicate. You know, so in other words, are they comfortable with text? Do they want to talk on the phone? Should you email? You know, should you use, you know, Teams? Do they want a video with you? How often will you meet for your one-on-ones? I just think right up front, you need to be very clear around a communi communication cadence and how you'll be communicating uh, because different, different people prefer different methods and different cadences. And listen, none of this stuff is going to happen on the first day. Which, <laughs> when you get that email or you're in that meeting and your boss's boss says, oh, by the way, your boss is leaving. Here's your new boss. And you go through that moment of panic. By the end of the day, you might still feel that moment of panic. Yeah. It, it takes time. All of these things are investments that you're going to have to make over months. That could be quarters for you to really, really get the benefit of this new relationship. So don't worry if it feels uncomfortable in the very beginning. Yeah, you have to give it time. You have to be patient, give it time. Yeah. How long do you two think that it takes before you can know what you have in a boss? I guess you could say the same thing about an employee, but, yeah. but we're talking about bosses. We're talking about leaders. How long do you think it normally takes? Probably different for everybody a little bit, but you know, generally speaking, how long does it take before you kind of know what you've got in a leader? Fully, I think it's at least six months, two quarters. Yeah. Everybody's adapting, right? You don't yeah. know where the dust is going to settle because they're, they're adjusting to a new job. You're adjusting to a new leader, all the changes that come in, you know, in the periphery of all of that. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say at least six months. Uh, I mean, Tim, you and I worked together. I worked for you for a long time. I, I felt like, you know, that when I first met you, I, I was like, this is, this is what this guy is. I, I mean, you're, you're just kind of out there. You know, what you put out is exactly who you are. And, that's, and it is exactly who you are. You know, you never deviated from that. Well, I you know, I, I appreciate that. But I think it works like that sometimes. And, you know, sometimes you have an immediate connection mm -hmm. with whoever it is that you're working with. But I will say, so I thought through this question, there's been bosses that I've really liked from day one. And then five years later, I liked them. There's been bosses that I really didn't like on day one. And I'm not going to say five years because I got the hell out of there pretty quick. But, you know, <laughs> six months later, they were exactly who I thought they were. They weren't good. But there have been some, some folks that I've worked with 
that the first impression has changed. And I think Josh is right. Generally, I think six months is a really good timeline for that. Um, there's somebody that works for me right now, a leader that works for me right now. And I think the tagline for him is acquired taste. And it's so interesting because when he first took over his current team, we just happened coincidentally, it wasn't for him, but we sent out a survey on how the salespeople were feeling about their leaders. And he got very average results. Just, it was not a kick the door down, great first impression, very average to maybe a tiny bit below average results. And I would, you know, we're down the road a couple of years now, but within six months, his team loves him because they started to understand him. And I think you're right, Henry. Some people are really complex and they're complex in their relationships and they're a little bit more difficult to get to know and understand. And so you have to give the benefit of the doubt there and hang in there for a while, at least. I know who you're talking about. I got to tell you, he is one of my <laughs> favorite leaders. I Mine love too. This guy so much. <laughs> and, and the first time I met him, I got, I remember, I remember walking away and going, okay, this is either the most boring person I've ever met or the most interesting person I've ever met. <laughs> I'm going to have to see where this is going. Oh That's my right. gosh. Turns yeah. out he's pretty dang interesting. Yeah, right? he's pretty He is very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Oh uh, gosh, I, I miss that guy a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you got to give it time. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be the same for everybody, that it's going to take six months, but I love that idea because it, you really have to let it marinate. You, you can't. Yeah. You can't just have a knee-jerk reaction. You're going to have to give it time. Sometimes, you know, you may be in love with this person you're working for. And six months down the road, you're really fighting the reality that this new boss, this boss you've got that you loved so much six months ago is terrible. And you don't want to have to admit it. So you're going to have to go in and check yourself. Was I wrong about this person? For better or for worse? So it is a good idea. Maybe to even just, you got that new boss, go to your calendar, give yourself six months. Uh, check in and say, <laughs> reevaluate my initial impressions of this person. Put them on the clock. Yep. yep. So do you guys feel like we have an actual path now for onboarding a new boss for when we transition to a new leader? We have more of a path than I had previous to this conversation. Yeah. More of a path really than you nice, did last night. More really of a nice. documented path. No doubt about it. <laughs> there you go. A good loose outline. About yeah, that. Right. I like that. I that's like right. it. So, all right, Tim. So, what did we learn today? Well, we learned some things, and then we realized some things that we already knew. Uh, like most of our conversations, getting a new boss can be stressful because, for better or for worse, we've probably figured out how to work with our current or previous leader. When it comes to our old boss, we know how long it takes him or her to reply to an email. We know the best approach for pitching new ideas, and we know how he or she defines the word urgent. In today's professional world where employees move around regularly, adapting to a leadership change is a critical skill. New leaders typically don't have a clear idea of which employees they can rely on, and they might need time before comfortably interacting with each team member. This can feel challenging, especially if we had a strong relationship with our previous leader. But the most important thing to remember is that we've been through this before. The same traits that led to our previous success will most likely lead to our future success. Make a good first impression. Don't compare our new leader to their predecessor. 
set clear expectations, and last, and possibly most critical, be patient and give the relationship some time to mature. Working well with a new leader is all about continuing our best habits while remaining flexible to meet new expectations. Good luck out there. One way or another, you're going to get a new boss. And while that may come with angst and consternation, it may also come with excitement and renewal. I think the point here is to wait and see, be patient, and to get to know your new leader. For more KL podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of Kind Leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.